Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Find Your Model Health, the official podcast for those looking to optimize their long-term health and weight goals and understand how their body really works. I'm your host, Shemaine Looney, and this week, it's my privilege to introduce you to Dr. Mike Sinel, a very special guest who has quite the bio. So Dr. Sinel has served as Director of Outpatient Physical Medicine at Cedars-Sinai Medical Hospital. He was an Assistant Clinical Professor at UCLA School of Medicine, where he was privileged to work closely with chiropractors, and he even owned several medical chiropractic integrative clinics himself. In addition, Dr. Sanal lectured on alternative approaches to pain and the mind-body connection at well-known institutions, including the UCLA. He is a nationally recognized expert in spinal disorders and pain management, and he also authored two well-known books, one, Back Pain Remedy for Dummies, which is a great name, and he also is owner of Physician Therapeutics, also known as Medical Foods, which he's going to tell us more about. And lastly, he is passionate about reducing the side effects of pharmaceuticals by bringing safe, scientifically proven encapsulated medical foods as natural alternatives for pain, sleep, obesity, which I hope we can touch on, neuropathy, fatigue, and cognitive decline. So welcome, Dr. Sanel. Thank you for joining us. And uh, today we're going to hopefully cover a lot of things, but especially in the area of um, medical interventions with food. But first, I was hoping you could tell us a bit about your your specialty in back pain and spinal disorders. How did you even get into that? Sure. And thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Uh, so I got into that because when I was deciding what to specialize in, um, I, I really liked people and I wanted to go into a field that I, I was an undergraduate psychology major and I was always interested in the mind body connection and, um, for a moment, being I was a bit of an athlete, I thought of going into orthopedic surgery, but then I realized I didn't want people sleeping while I was operating on them. I liked, <laughs> I liked the human aspects of physician care. And yeah. um, so I picked physical medicine, rehab and pain management because it really took a holistic approach to patients and had a lot to do with the doctor-patient relationship, and you could get into all aspects of their life as it affects pain, how their lifestyle affects pain, et cetera. So. And understand how this happened and why this might have happened. So yeah. you wrote that book, Back Pain for Dummies, which is great. I love those types of books. But you worked a lot with back pain. What have you seen in your clinics in regards to back pain and causes of back pain? Yeah, I mean, so back pain is one of these areas that uh, many, many, many people have it. A good percent of the population at some point will suffer from back pain. And, you know, some go on to have chronic disabling back pain. And it, it ranges from how I sprained my back, you know, moving the refrigerator and having a few bad days to people who've had you know, 
failed back surgeries and chronic disability from back pain. So it's a, it's a very wide range and um, the causes are very wide. I mean, when I started my career, I was particularly interested in stress-related back pain and stress could be a big cause of back pain. And I worked with John Sarno, who was uh, a mentor of mine back in my early training, who sort of dealt deeply into the relationship between repressed emotions like anger and back pain and how how physical symptoms like pain and decreased blood flow and spasm can manifest in the body as a result of underlying emotions. So that was my first really unique area. And then also got obviously trained in all the traditional basics of herniated discs and lumbar spasms and degenerative arthritis of the spine, et cetera. But it was a very diverse field. And I tried to always integrate all aspects as I was learning more about my own self and body and and learning from patients who were trying i practice in los angeles and they were trying many alternative approaches before they'd come to see me at times whether it was acupuncture or um, energy healing or anything you could think of obviously chiropractics were popular um more and more, I started to look into the variety of things that were helping people and just try to practice in the best way to integrate whatever was out there in the least harm. It became clear early on that the traditional Western medical profession, as wonderful as it may be, for certain things like back pain could be very dangerous and in the sense of people doing surgery that isn't really necessary because an x-ray or an MRI may show something, but the doctor not being really tuned in necessarily to other causes of chronic pain like emotions. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, and, and then I got very into yoga myself and meditation. I brought that into the medical school at UCLA and I started to integrate those modalities into patient care. So things like yoga, meditation, hypnosis, acupuncture, and and then subsequently get very into the role of nutrition and how nutrition and specifically encapsulated medical foods could be used as safe alternatives to uh, chronic pain and inflammation. When you brought in yoga, was there specific modalities you saw that helped? Because I know through my clients and my own experience, doing a lot of core strengthening work can really help with back pain and stability. But was there specific yoga patterns that you saw helping people? Yes, yes. And I got trained as a yoga therapist. So, you know, yoga, and I used to teach in a yoga therapy course, but yoga has obviously a wide, I mean, if we think of the physical practice, which yoga is way more than a physical practice, because a lot of what pure yoga is accomplishing, besides increasing flexibility and strength and core strength through asanas, right? Um, which are different postures there's there's a lot of the quieting and the and balancing of the neurologic system through integrating the breath the breath and the movement and your focus and calming your nervous system and that that really is significant in you know learning to release uh pain in the body and having the nervous system get quiet so that pain doesn't accelerate so I rec, but in terms of specific types, I mean, it would depend on the type 
of problem that I'd see in a specific patient. So like some people, for instance, would be better off with spinal extension and mm -hmm. some would be better off with spinal flexion mm -hmm. and extension would flare up their conditions in, in, yeah. in certain cases. Some I would recommend full on twisting. Others would have certain types of problems like with a facet joint where I may say, let's not have twisting, focus mm -hmm. on more core strengthening. So it was always very individualized like yoga therapy is as a practice. When you say just what you said about the emotional aspect of stress, do you find there's still that element of disbelief when you say to someone like your emotions can have a physical outcome? When people think of stress affecting their body, they generally think of physical like you move the fridge like you said but I still find there's an element of disbelief if I say to someone you know what I think your emotional stress is causing your bloating or your aches and pains and stuff do you find people still don't get the impact that the emotions can have on the physical body well, I think if people really think about it and they're honest about it, they'll always understand that emotions and stress can cause pain. Like if if you're sitting in your room working at your computer and you smell smoke and you hear fire trucks, you know you're going to feel your heart rate going up, right? You know yeah. you're going to feel a tightening. So mm -hmm. it's showing that your stress response to the environment at that in that moment is expressing in your body, right? And most people will notice that when they're under significant stress, um, they'll have physical symptoms, you know, maybe in their gastrointestinal tract, you know, maybe in their breathing patterns, right? Maybe with their skin. So I think we all know stress and, you know, it's been really well documented. If you leave someone under stress for a long time, they'll get conditions because the body is not optimized and uh, they may get high blood pressure or stroke or heart disease or variety of illnesses, gastrointestinal disorders. So the opposite is also true, right? Like things like love and community and purpose, they, they promote health, right? My, my friend Joe Dispenza has been a, a leader in this field of bringing the science and into the mind-body connection and does that through meditative techniques and teaching people about the connections of energy and emotions and how that affects our biology. And there's more and more scientific data coming out on this. So I think anyone who questions it is just really not paying attention to their own body Mm. Or to the science, or to what's really quite a robust uh, degree of of scientific literature now showing the mind body connection, or maybe they just don't want to admit that it is their stress, and they just you know people want they want a diagnosis all the time. They want to be able to blame it on something else. So that's great. I hadn't heard the fire the fire analogy used before, but yeah, our heart will race. And that just goes to show there is that physical response. So thank you for that. I hadn't heard that specific analogy sure. before. So I've obviously looked at a lot of your content and listened to some of your um research and interviews that you're putting out so there was a few points that really popped up to me and I was hoping you could touch on the very first one because we're still on the whole pain and inflammation topic how do you 
feel sleep impacts inflammation and pain what's what's the connection there yeah i mean sleep um sleep like a number of lifestyle choices people make have a significant effect on our health so um sleep is where the body restores right and if people are not getting good sleep and the circadian rhythms are off and they're not getting sunlight they're often getting an imbalance of their autonomic nervous system which is the flight fight reaction and that could sensitize the entire pain system to pain and keep us in an agitated state so and and an inflammatory state so it affects the microbiome i mean everything is connected right the gut what we eat our brain the chemistry many things are tied in by neurotransmitters which are the messengers and signaling molecules of the brain and that's why this the new company i have which i'm very excited to spread the word about dealing with targeted nutrition and encapsulated medical food really deals with neurotransmitters and balancing your nervous system by bringing in the proper neurotransmitter levels that are deficient in many of the chronic disease states like chronic pain and inflammation or chronic sleep deficiencies. But sleep's very important and balanced sleep, like proper amount of REM sleep, deep sleep, um, the body rejuvenates there. Would you agree, and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but would you agree that if you're not getting good sleep quality, it's going to be very hard to push down inflammation and address pain? Yes. I mean, everyone has different genetics in terms of how much they're affected by things. But generally, yes, if you're getting poor sleep, your body is not optimized, your nervous system is not optimized, and it'll be hard for the body to have metabolic systems that are doing things that would reduce inflammation opt optimal health at a cellular level so on your journey you've now discovered and you kind of hinted at it but you've discovered an effective new approach to managing chronic pain through encapsulated medical foods can you tell us what that is yes yeah, so medical foods i mean you know when i first heard of these which was about 10 years ago now I hadn't even known what they were. I mean, everyone knows what pharmaceuticals are and everyone knows what supplements are now, right? And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, pharmaceuticals are all synthetic new chemical entities. And, you know, they, they have a role to a degree, but they also have lots of side effects. And, you know, people have to be very concerned about chronic use of some of them. And then supplements, which are more natural including vitamins minerals you know uh botanicals amino acids the world of supplements which has grown tremendously and continues to grow in the last 30 40 years then are regulated by the fda supplements for their their manufacturing so they don't often um have what they represent on the label and they don't have to represent properly on the label. So the manufacturing isn't controlled and they're not able to make claims that they treat disease. So medical foods is this unique category of the FDA where you have uh, specific, specifically designed formulations that are targeting a nutrient deficiency that is found in a particular disease state that cannot be met through a normal diet. Now, I know that was a mouthful, so I'll break it down. So it turns out in many diseases like chronic pain and inflammation, 
or chronic sleep disorder or chronic fatigue. Um, the body has a high metabolic demand at a cellular level. If you think of like a car, um, whether it's gas or electric, right? If it's mm -hmm. riding flat on the highway at 55 miles an hour, it's functioning. You'll go very far on your gas or if it's a Tesla, you'll go real far on your electricity. But if you start going up a hill, right? There's an increased energy demand. So that's analogous to how the body works under chronic pain or inflammation or chronic sleep deficiency. There's an increased demand, metabolic demand at the cellular level. So there's more energy demand. And subsequently, the body can't keep up with the neurotransmitter production to keep it balanced. Neurotransmitters are the key signaling molecules between the nerves that tell them what to do. So in these chronic disease states, and we, we treat many of them with our encapsulated medical foods, with, um, which we treat neuropathy, chronic pain and inflammation, obesity, um, uh, cognitive decline, fatigue, sleep disorders. And what we're doing is in all of those uh, conditions and symptoms, we see a deficiency of neurotransmitters at the cellular level because of the increased metabolic demand. So what we do with a patented messenger amino acid technology, and these are again encapsulated products, just like a supplement, but a very high science threshold, we supply amino acids, amino acids and botanicals. The amino acids are the precursors. They help form the neurotransmitters and they produce neurotransmitters and balance the levels and regulate them to promote natural healing in the body. So our, our patented messenger amino acid technology takes amino acids and certain botanicals and produces the proper amount of neurotransmitters to meet a balanced level and address the deficient disease state. And then the body should hopefully go on to heal naturally. The, the other aspects of medical foods from an FDA definition is, so the manufacturing has to be certified good manufacturing practices. So your labels are very accurate, right? The ingredients all have to be GRAS, G-R-A-S, which means generally recognized as safe. So that'll include vitamins, minerals, botanicals, amino acids, right? Um, they require physician supervision, um, which is interesting because when I first came across them, they were prescription only and they were re being reimbursed by insurance under prescriptions for about $400 a bottle. Mm. And then the FDA changed the category and said no longer prescription only and the insurance companies stopped reimbursing. And then I wanted, I, I had many, many, many people and many, many doctors around the country utilizing these to help their patients take less prescription pharmaceuticals for pain and sleep. And, um, and I ultimately bought the company and brought the price like 80, 90% down. So it's affordable. Your clients will get a, a nice affiliate discount of 20%. And now we could bring them for, you know, approximately $50, less than $50 a bottle for a month's supply. And, and, you know, again, these, uh, what's really exciting is we have human data. In other words, we have published clinical trials, double-blind studies 
against some of the biggest pharmaceuticals like naproxen and ibuprofen for chronic pain and inflammation, for trazodone, for sleep, which is one of the biggest prescribed sleep medicines. Our medical foods, theramine, was studied against naproxen, was studied against ibuprofen, and found to be way safer. And we have over 40 million doses prescribed over 10 years without any significant adverse side effects. So way safer and um, good efficacy. So you could sometimes reduce the doses significantly of the pharmaceutical medicine you may be taking, or, or some patients get off completely. And then you don't have to, you know, you'll have a much lower side effect profile. So published studies in pain, in sleep against trazodone with Centra-PM, and these things are just really safe, scientifically proven alternatives that have been around for, you know, close to 15 years now that are working well in humans with a great safety profile. So that's a big thing. A lot of people in chronic pain, especially with back issues, they're getting pointed towards Tylenol or recommended to take ibuprofen, Aleve, all of that. So your product came up against that and actually came out on top in this research. Yes. And like the study with naproxen, which is like brand name Aleve, anaprosin, um, it showed when you combine naproxen with theramine, you could reduce the dose of naproxen by 70% and get the same effect. And that's really exciting because if you reduce the dose of the pharmaceutical by 70%, you'll eliminate probably 95% of the side effects or more, which are significant. I mean, these non-steroidal anti-inflammatories can cause all sorts of gastrointestinal problems, including gastrointestinal bleeds. They could cause cardiac problems, kidney problems, bleeding problems. So the list goes on and many people just take them like candy. I'm glad you touched on that. I was going to ask your opinion on that because you're right. People do take them like candy and they think there it's harmless oh this can't do anything almost in naivety in people not understanding and the same with before we go back to the medical foods corticosteroids are another thing i see my clients get directed to all the time and a lot of people don't realize there's a lot of uh, side effects with corticosteroids as well have you seen that Oh, yeah. I mean, well-known side effects. There's something called Cushing syndrome. And yeah, I mean, corticosteroids, doctors have to be extremely careful in their use. You know, with the, the, the thing is with any of these, the medical foods, the reason it requires physician supervision is if you have a condition, you should have a doctor overseeing it, not just go stop all your medicines if you're on sleep meds or pain and anti-inflammatory meds. So you should consult with your doctor. I'm glad to speak to doctors anytime because I want to educate them about these safe alternatives. So I can be reached Dr. Mike at medicalfoods.com. Great. Thank you for that. I don't know if you've heard of Dr. Carrie Jones, just while we're on this topic, she talks about how even topical corticosteroids that are being prescribed to like young girls for PMS, acne related, how it has a direct impact on the adrenals and can cause dysregulation right into your like 30s and 40s just by using some topical cream to help with your PMS acne. So it's crazy. 
And that's why people like you and me were out there trying to spread the word and say, hey, there's better, safer options. So back to your medical foods, what I gathered you said is when we, just to put in more of a layman's terms for my people, that when the body is experiencing some sort of stress, whether or not that's an illness, a disease, you broke Mm -hmm. your leg, whatever it is, your boss's nightmare, that stress causes your body to have more demand on certain molecules and nutrients in your body. You, you're burning through more of your reserves and that then causes the nutritional deficiencies. And what you guys have done is you have basically refined certain nutritional molecules and put them into different complexes that you can take to help support your body and encourage the neurotransmitters and other bodily functions to start working properly so that you can go back to kind of homeostasis. Is that correct? Do I have that right? Yes, that's pretty good. The increased metabolic demand, which is energy, decreases the neurotransmitters. We provide neurotransmitters through this amino acid technology and botanicals and the amino acids that produce them. And then they, they signal the body and create proper environment for natural healing and that's why the med foods could take like i tell people give it a month to six weeks to work because depending on how deficient you are in these neurotransmitters it could take time to get balanced but it promotes natural healing in a natural safe way and Mm -hmm. i think anyone who's taking anti-inflammatories chronically really has to know about the dangers and should talk to their physician and hopefully consider the medical foods, especially theramine for chronic pain and inflammation. So these are supplements, but not supplements. They're FDA, higher grade, um, more complex, maybe is what we're Yes, I think think that's reasonable because everyone's so familiar with supplements. So yes, they're not supplements because we could, uh, you know, our manufacturing is regulated in the FDA allows in that category to make claims that we can actually treat a disease, the dietary management of pain and inflammation, the dietary management of obesity, or the dietary management of neuropathy and sleep disorders. So supplements can't make a a claim that they treat a disease. But these are natural and they're definitely not pharmaceuticals, which is, I think, what the majority of both of our followers want to hear is they're not pharmaceuticals and there's a better approach. And you mentioned just their obesity. And I heard you mentioned on another podcast that this could be a better solution for obesity. What do you mean by that, if you don't mind? Yeah, I mean, again, so. If you think of what happens in obesity, there's often cra- there's often cravings, right? And um, you know, people often eat when they're anxious. Like there's there's a psychological component of how we eat and the mood, right? And the cravings. And again, that that goes back to the nervous system. Like most things, go back to the nervous system. So we we provide again um, through this technology the the neuro we get the neurotransmitters to points with certain neurotransmitters that we're reducing cravings and improving mood and suppressing appetite through balancing neurotransmitters it's balancing the brain yeah i suppose that goes back to again that stress response a lot of us eat when we're stressed 
and then the nutritional deficiencies, regardless of stress, I, there is some research out there showing specific nutritional deficiencies, magnesium, B vitamins, whatnot can cause cravings. So helping to balance that. <coughs> so I don't want to keep you too much longer because I'm sure you're tired, but I do have one more question for you. And um, I hope I'm not bothering you asking this because this rings close to my heart. Someone in my family has issues with this. Um, and I, I hope they are going to watch this, is the opioid crisis. Uh, so yes. what's your opinion on that? Like, firstly, what are opioids? Uh, in what context are they used? And then, like, what's going on there? Why are we in so much trouble with them? Well, we're, we're in trouble because they've, they got terribly overprescribed and they're terribly addictive, right? And, uh, you know, I practiced in the field of pain, so I'm very familiar with opioids. And uh, I always tried to avoid them as much as possible. And they got used chronically and people who were never had problems often with addiction would turn around and find themselves addicted. After a surgery for a shoulder, I had a neighbor, you know, nice, high-functioning, older lawyer, gets opioids after a shoulder surgery and four weeks later is like completely addicted and asking for more and then you build tolerance so you require more and um, again you know I have found medical food specifically theramine or medical food very effective in addressing chronic pain and inflammation and one of my friends is a top pain doctor in the United States wrote an article in a big pain journal about medical food should be considered as a first line treatment I have many people who have been able to reduce their both anti-inflammatories and opioids at times by using a variety of the medical foods. Um, so again, these are encapsulated products with no downside risk. They're perfectly safe. We have them for osteoarthritis, chronic pain and inflammation. And um, I encourage people to look also at our studies on medicalfoods.com. I mean, we have our studies against big pharmaceutical medications comparing and our Theramine shows the de decrease in CRP, which is a measure of inflammation in the body. Um, so, yeah, I think the opioid crisis, just like NSAIDs, these are pharmaceuticals that can be dangerous and opioids in particular are very addicting. So I would encourage people again to get their doctors learning about the medical foods, contacting me and give them a, a shot as an option to help reduce some of the uh, pharmaceutical medicines. That's very sad about your neighbor. People don't understand. Someone in my family, just to tell you a bit about this, they were prescribed an opioid because they were suffering with insomnia. So they started at a low dose. This person was only like 18 or 19. And then the opioids stopped working. So they kept increasing the dose. So this is back in Ireland as well. So probably different medical practices. And then at 25, they're highly addicted. But not sure. only that, they transitioned then into alcohol addiction too, because to, they just couldn't get the same effect anymore of the doses. So now it's alcohol and drugs yeah. and opioids, whereas they will agree the opioids was the trigger. It was the first sure. step in that horrible journey, which is it's very common, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. And that's why I think, you know, having the brain normalized and our parasympathetic nervous system, you know, our autonomic nervous system regularized. And that's why our approach is really working with 
you know, getting the body optimized so it heals naturally through balancing the nervous system. So with nothing to lose and priced right for your for your clients uh, who, who you'll hopefully post the discount code for. I will. One last question. I don't think you've been asked this before. And I swear this is the last one, because as I was thinking, I was like, well, neuroconnection, we have a lot of young people now really struggling nowadays with mental health and not eating well. You know what yeah. young people are like? Is there an age limit on medical foods? No, no. I mean, well, we're not we're not giving them to children, children, although their amino acids and botanicals and their small doses. It shouldn't be problems at all, but it's really, again, it requires physician supervision, but you know, we sell them on medicalfoods.com and um, there shouldn't be a problem. I mean, we have teenagers who take them and certainly some of them work for some anxiety and depression nutritionally, mm-hmm. like our sleep ones. One of them works more with sleep and anxiety disorders. One works more with sleep and depression. And uh, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, mental health is, is a real challenge and neurotransmitters play a role in that. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for your expertise and spending some of your time, even though you're very tired, I'm sure. I will post all the links, the discounts, everything. I actually will be checking out that research and I'll share some of the studies with my followers so they can see. Because I think when it comes to Tylenol and NSAIDs, people need a bit of convincing there that there is a better alternative. So thank you for that. Enjoy your evening. Enjoy your trip. Thank you very much. I will be in touch shortly with all the information for you. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for helping me spread the word. Okay. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye.